Hi, everyone, and welcome to HGTV Obsessed, the weekly podcast about all things HGTV. I'm Marianne Canada, executive producer and HGTV.com lifestyle expert. And when I'm not watching HGTV, you can find me making crafty videos for HGTV Handmade, gardening, cooking, and as of this week, learning how to make my own stained glass. Stained glass. How's that going? I mean, to be honest, it was both easier and harder than I expected. You blew me away when you sent me that picture. I mean, I was extremely impressed. Well, you know, I just like to keep you on your toes. But, you know, while we're on the subject of staining things, I cannot wait for you all to listen to this episode that is all about cleaning. It's perfect for those of you itching to spring clean and for those of you that maybe need to level up your cleaning game. Today, we have a special guest, the laundry evangelist. Patrick Richardson, star of the Discovery Plus show, The Laundry Guy, to talk about his show and share his must-have products in his laundry room. Some may surprise you. I mean, there's vodka involved, guys. Then after that, we are talking to Lisa Bass from the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. And she is talking all about her tricks for making your own homemade natural cleaners. And she gives us her secrets on how she keeps her house clean with six kids. How can you not listen to a woman who has six kids and manages to not be buried under a pile of laundry? We also have my friend and colleague, Kayla Kitts from HGTV.com, and she's sharing the most popular cleaning products that our listeners bought this year. If you're a clean freak like me, you are in for a treat. So let's get started with my chat with the laundry guy, Patrick Richardson. All right, Patrick. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Crazy excited to be here. Thanks. Well, I just finished binging the first three episodes of your show on Discovery Plus. And actually, before you got on my whole team, we were talking about how it's just this perfect blend of like comforting and practical. And I wouldn't say this to just anyone, but like you really know your sayings. You got to do something, right? And I love it when people test me because then it's like, you know, people find out that I really do kind of know what I'm talking about, which is nice. Oh, I can't wait to hear. What are what are some of the craziest stain challenges that people have thrown at you? It's so funny. People always throw the same ones. Like, I mean, everyone must spill red wine. I don't know what it is, but everyone asks about red wine and, you know, which I'm fine with because it's good for your heart. So everybody asks about red wine and everybody asks about grass stains. So I feel like that their lives are much more exciting than mine. You know what I mean? I never, maybe I don't drink the wine fast enough. I don't know. I don't spill it. And then grass stains only happen when I fall. I don't know, from maybe from drinking too much red wine. I was about to say, there, there may be a correlation there. Or maybe the more red wine you drink, the more likely you are to spill it. You know, but I'm with you. I can't remember the last time I got a grass stain. However, my seven-year-old son definitely uh, makes up for that. I love I love that you said that because I think it's kids' job to get dirty. I think they're supposed to. And I think if they're not getting dirty, they're just not doing enough. You know, when, pe- when people ask me, well, my kids get their clothes filthy. I'm like, that's fantastic. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. No, exactly. There's something really sad about a perfectly pristine, you know, set of, of children's clothes. 
So Patrick, I have to know, you are you are known as this laundry evangelist. You know, how exactly does one become a laundry evangelist? Because I see it as more of a necessary evil. So I really want to hear, you know, how you developed such an affection and expertise for this chore. It's twofold. I I love clothes and I've always loved clothes. So, you know, I think when you love when you like really love clothes and you love fashion and those sorts of things. I mean, you kind of become involved in all things, you know, that kind of wrap around it. But the bigger answer is, you know, my granny and my mom always took care of my clothes when I was really, really young. And then when I got a little older, I did it with them. And then I wanted to do it myself. So I've, I always say you do laundry for people that you love. And I really have kind of in my mind have developed this idea, like, you know, with your seven year old, you wash his clothes because you want him to feel good. You want your children to be happy and you want them to feel good. and You want to provide everything you possibly can. And one thing is, you know, clean clothes. I've linked those two things very strongly in my mind. Like I love to wash, you know, and iron my husband's shirts when I get the chance. He's a t-shirt guy, but when we're going somewhere where that, you know, I can actually iron his shirts, I like it because it makes him feel good and he feels like he looks good. That's sort of where it came from. Now, as far as people who see it as a necessary evil, I have a really good thought process on that. Or maybe it's not really good, but I have one. In the, When I was a kid, when you watch TV shows or you movies or things, you would see a parent, it was usually a mom, who would always complain about having to make dinner for their children. And you now know when you watch HGTV that everybody renovates the kitchen. And we have stars that are like cooking stars because, you know, they go to restaurants or they cook, you know, whatever. And cookbooks are a huge selling category and there are cooking magazines. And there's a cooking channel. You know, there's so many things related to cooking. Well, when I was a kid and my mom put the chicken in the oven, she put it in the oven the exact same way that, you know, Rachel Ray or Ina Garten puts it in the oven now. The only thing that changed is somebody decided that, oh, it's fun to cook. It's the exact same process, but cooking became a hobby because somebody said it was a hobby. So I'm hoping, cross your fingers, everybody's listening, that laundry becomes a hobby, that we turn it into something that we really sort of enjoy. Because if nothing else, if when you go home, you grab the bottle of red wine and say, I'm going to the laundry room, chances are nobody will follow you. <laughs> Certainly no one in my family. I'd be like, mom, mom needs some alone time. <laughs> no, but I love that. You really are. You really are an evangelist because I've never really thought about it in those terms as it being something I do out of love, you know, for my family and also for myself. It's, it's really an act of self care. And I have to say, even though it is, it is kind of a chore, I do always, I love that feeling when all of your laundry is clean and Every single one of your favorite items of clothing is hanging and clean and perfect and ready for you to wear it. Right. I mean, at that point, the world is your oyster. Like you have your entire wardrobe in front of you. You can do anything you want. It's like laundry is kind of romanticized in this way, which which I do feel like growing up in the South, there is a little bit of a a romance of laundry. I mean, I'm from Tennessee. My grandmothers ironed their sheets. I mean, they line dried everything, not because they didn't have a dryer, but because they liked the way it smelled. How do you connect your love and respect for the process of laundry to your childhood, you know, being raised in Kentucky? 
I think when I was growing up, we appreciated the luxury of line dried sheets. I love line dried sheets. If I could have a clothesline where I live now, you know, you would see the sheets all the time. I probably would change them every single day because I love line dried sheets. It's one of my favorite things. But I think you appreciated that luxury. You know, I mean, you're right. Our grandmothers ironed their sheets. And, you know, my grandmother used a sad iron, which was the ones that you had to heat on the stove and then iron, which is too many irons in the fire. That's where that comes from. <laughs> you know, she would iron with those. And, you know, you think about that. And then you if you watch the show, you see the iron that I use that you can actually control with your phone. And, you know, you think, OK, this is easy. I mean, they are really hard. This is super easy. But I think that growing up, you know, we just had an appreciation for the things that we owned. And we took care of them. And, you know, I certainly didn't grow up with the idea that things were disposable. And so I think there's a romanticism, but I think there's also just a practicality that we took care of things that were important to us. You know, when you live in a small town, you know, I don't know, you know, where a lot of people grow up, but the town that I lived in wasn't very big. So there weren't a lot of options to purchase things. So, you know, when you bought things, you took care of them. And I think that there's a respect for that. And, you know, it kind of honors you know, a lot of different things. It honors, you know, the item, but it honors you because, you know, you're respecting your things. And it's, you know, it's also good for the earth because we're not throwing things away. So I think that I kind of grew up with that mindset and it just sort of continued. Oh my gosh, you're making me want to like learn how to darn a sock or something. I feel like, I feel like this is a, this is opening a, a new world of possibilities. So I do want to talk a little bit about your show on Discovery Plus, The Laundry Guy, because it, it has such a focus on restoring pieces or heirlooms and giving them new life. You know, you take what feels, again, like an everyday chore and you give it such depth and meaning. Do you have a favorite moment from the show? It's like picking your favorite kid. It's super funny because I love, I love those reveals because I just want every single episode, I want that so much for, you know, that person. But probably my favorite moment in the show I'm going to give you two. I can only get as far as two. One was Snoopy because I had a Snoopy when I was a kid and it brought so many memories of my childhood back. And, you know, James, who owned the Snoopy, was just such a wonderful guy. And um, I really loved that. But I'm going to have to give my favorite moment to it was actually episode three, Angel's Dress. She said something to me and it's actually in the show. And it was it's the reason it's my favorite. It isn't actually my favorite to clean. But she said, you know, I feel like I've really let her down. You know, her mom passed away when she was six and this dress had these stains on it. And she said, I feel like I really let her down. And it's my favorite moment because it's so honest and it's so genuine. And I knew the dress was going to come clean because I'd already, see, you know, kind of talked through it with her. And so I sort of knew what was wrong with it. And I knew I was going to be able to get it out. And that particular moment when I knew that I was going to get that clean, I was so excited I mean, I think I rushed through that one because I just couldn't wait to show it to her. It's my favorite sort of reveal because I knew how much it meant. When somebody says, I feel like I've let my mother down and, you know, she died when I was six. Come on. It's so sweet. I mean, it's it's magic. And you see it. You see it in their faces when you when you do reveal the, the finished product. So... On the show, did you have any like major oh no moments where you're like, oh, like I'm thinking about that silk boxing jacket? I mean, I pay, I was like, oh no, <laughs> he's done it now. Well, it's funny because that's totally real. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you for anybody who's like, they just made that up. No, they did not make that up. It is totally real. When I said I have to put this in water right now, I was actually talking to the camera guys 
sort of in the, we have to stop, I have to, you know, and our camera guy was so awesome. He was able to catch it because, I mean, can you imagine if they were like, would you recreate that? No, I will not. So it was incredible because I was a nervous wreck and I was terrified when I saw that happen. I've never had that happen ever in my life with a stain remover like that. And my parents, when they both watched, they were both like, we could tell, you know, and my partner, they were all like, we could tell you were in next world. I mean, I, I think you, I looked panicked, but I was, oh my gosh, I was a wreck. So that was probably the scariest. That was one of the scariest moments of my life. You could really see it in that moment. And and for, for anyone who hasn't seen the show yet, first of all, you should go watch it. It's, it's so great, but you put stain remover on this beautiful heirloom silk boxing jacket um, and it started immediately to make the colors bleed. And I do. I love in that moment that you were like, I don't care about this TV show. Like, I'm going to go and save this jacket so I don't ruin this woman's heirloom jacket from her her father who had passed away. And it's really funny. I mean, I give so much credit to all the people that were doing the show, that were making the show that they caught it, you know, because I'm glad it's in there because the producer actually said, I mean, you know, are you okay? And I was like, absolutely. That's what happens. I want, like, if somebody at home has this happen, I want them to know what to do. And it's funny because even when I watch it now, when it was odd, you know, of course, I'm like, obviously I'm watching it. Right. And I knew it was coming. And it's kind of like that when you've watched Psycho more than once, you know, there's that moment and your heart starts racing because it's coming. That's how I feel about that. You know, any moment that shower curtain is going to be whipped open. <laughs> That's how I felt when I knew when I'm watching myself wash that jacket, all I could do is be like, <laughs> but you I mean, you knew what to do. And I think that is great takeaway for someone who is, you know, cleaning something delicate or not sure how fabric is going to respond. So I found that really uh, valuable. Patrick, aside from the show, you know, in all of your years working with textiles, fabrics, hosting laundry camps, which I want to talk about that. Um, I have to know, because this is immediately where my mind goes, what is your biggest or grossest laundry challenge that you've had to tackle? Well, the biggest one actually is in the show, believe it or not. It's that wedding dress covered in soot. What you don't know if you've never worked with soot is it actually comes off. If we had washed that, like if we'd had to wash that in a kitchen sink, we would have constantly been wiping down like the countertops and every other surface because the soot keeps coming off. Even like when you've washed it the first time and you're taking it out to scrub it, the soot will still come off on you because of the size. I mean, like soot, you know, if you have a little soot spot on your shirt, you can just scrub it. But imagine like, you know, the size of a wedding dress. It's huge. So that was actually one of the biggest challenges I've ever had, like ever in my life. Grossest. I'm torn. I'm going to give you two. One was a customer had a dog get ill and the dog had, we'll say, a gastrointestinal issue all over her dry cleaning. So the dog was in the backseat with her dry cleaning and she called the dry cleaner and they were like, mm, no. And she called me and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And like, she's just like a mess. And it was, it's a customer. It's also a friend. I mean, it's somebody I've known for years. And I was like, I'll just be over. I'll be over as soon as I can. We'll work on it. And that was pretty gross. Because, you know, it wasn't a pleasant thing. And then there was also a number of pieces. So it wasn't like one thing. And then, of course, we had to deal with the car. Oh, God. 
That was pretty gross. I had a customer who cut their hand. They ended up having stitches, but everything was covered in blood. And I don't really love the sight of blood. So that's probably the thing that creeped me out the most because I wouldn't actually touch it. I talked her through it. I was like, and I was there with her, but I was like, I'm going to talk. I won't touch it. I'm sorry. I will once you once you do the first thing. But I, it just weirded me out. I don't know what it was. You know, it's like biohazard, right? Yeah, I was about to say that that feels fair. <laughs> That creeped me. For some reason, the dog issue, I was like, you know, put on gloves and deal with it. But there was something about, I don't know, I just have a thing about blood. And so that was probably the one like that, you know, and it was a lot. I mean, it looked like, you know, a crime scene. I mean, it was, it looked like a different channel on Discovery Plus. Maybe something from like ID. Exactly. That's what it, <laughs> yeah. so it just, you know, those are the two. But honestly, one of the hardest ones ever was the wedding dress. And I wouldn't I mean, tell her that at the time, you know, because like when you're seeing her and she's like, my dress was in a fire 15 years ago. And I'm like, I'll take care of this. You know, in your mind, I'm going, oh, my God, what am I doing? Well, I on that episode was a little like, there's no way. I mean, I have I have <laughs> I clearly just didn't try hard enough because the way you went at that dress with that brush, I was like, he is he is going to get this. He's going to get this sticking out. All right, Patrick, I have to, you know, I have to be self-serving. I've got a laundry expert here and I have an actual current laundry crisis. We have an adorable one-year-old golden doodle puppy and she got a hold of a Sharpie and chewed it up on my cream linen duvet cover. <laughs> and I'm just, I mean, I've, I have tried treating it. I have washed it. It's it doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. Is all hope lost or or can I save this duvet cover? No, it's the easiest thing in the world. Well, I shouldn't say it's the easiest thing in the world because you've already washed it. Okay, that's sorry. It's easy now. It's going to be easy once you know what to use. You need a really specific product, but it is all natural. So it is safe around your dog and it's safe around your children. It's a, there's a stain remover called Amodex. It's from a women-owned company in Connecticut. So it's a great company. And that's the only product they make. They literally make one thing, and it is Amodex. And if you go on the Sharpie website, they actually even suggest Amodex. But it's all natural. You're going to put like an old towel, something you're willing to let go of, because you don't want to have to treat it. Put it on the inside, and then put the Amodex on top. And you may have to repeat it a couple of times, but it'll come out. I've actually known of someone who got a Sharpie on their duvet and it came out. So it will come out, but you may have to repeat it a couple of times because I'm imagining chewing a Sharpie releases a <laughs> lot more ink than just getting a Sharpie on your duvet. So you may have to repeat it a couple of times, but I think you'll be okay. Yeah, it was several kind of puddles. Plus, my dog is white, so she also got it on her. But we got it out of the dog um, eas easier than we got it out of the duvet cover. I'm going to try that out ASAP, and I will report back. And also, if you guys are looking for that product, we will make sure to put it in the show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast. I mentioned your laundry camps earlier. I cannot wrap my head around the idea of going to going to a laundry camp. What can someone expect to learn at one of these? So when you come to camp, you will learn everything you need to know about your doing, doing your laundry from beginning to end. So you'll know about how to sort your clothes, how to wash your clothes, how to dry them, how to iron, and then how to take out stains. And it's funny, I know stains should really be at the beginning, but I have to move it to the end because it's the thing everybody wants to know. So if I tell them first, I'm afraid they'll tune out. And it's fun. I started it as clean clothes and dirty martinis, but I had to give up the martinis pretty quickly because people couldn't remember the laundry tips. 
<laughs> and it's super fun. It's 15 people. So the 15 people all come together. And, you know, what's great is often they'll have staying questions that prompt other things, you know, which I love. It's kind of like when you watch the show, you think, oh, you know what? I've never thought about washing my wedding dress. It's just in a box somewhere. You know, it's sort of like that, but in camp. I love it. It's so funny you brought up martinis because I feel like vodka makes an appearance on your show in every episode and and you're not making martinis. You're using it to clean. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and some of your other must-haves in your laundry arsenal. Well, vodka is definitely a must-have. Vodka will remove the odor from anything and it's very antibacterial. It's great because if you went to a restaurant and you leave smelling like the food or you're next to a smoker... You know, you can just spray your clothes with vodka and you don't have to rewash them. It's a trick actually costume companies all use. But vodka is also, just as a side note, it is so antiseptic and antibacterial, it's great to spray your cutting boards. But I think that you should also have a bottle of half white vinegar. So 50 white vinegar, 50 water. That's my stain remover that I use on everything. It's my number one most used product. A horsehair brush. And it has to be a horsehair brush because it is soft enough that when you get it wet, you can still scrub with it. And then soap flakes and a stain remover. Those are the things I think you need. So we talked earlier about loving the smell of line dried linens. I am honestly not a fan of scented detergents. I just, in fact, I will rewash things if I get them, you know, if I buy some clothes on eBay and they come smelling like scented detergent, I'll rewash them. Do you have some favorite products that just purely just smell wonderful to you that you like to use? I actually like to put essential oils on a wool ball. So I do it in the dryer. I love to scent my sheets with peppermint. Ooh. I sleep so well when I scent my sheets with peppermint. So you just put about five or 10 drops on a wool ball, toss it in the dryer, and it'll scent your laundry. But if you like, you know, bergamot or chamomile or lavender, you know, whatever, that's where I like to pick up the scent. I prefer that everything else stay unscented. There is a product I really do love. There's a perfume brand named Lilabo. Oh, I wear it. Oh, do you wear Lilabo? Okay. You yeah. can actually get Lilabo Centol 33 as a detergent. What? That is my, so that is my signature scent. I'm wearing it right now, even though I'm all by myself. You can actually, but you, you can actually buy that as a detergent. And I like to use it on my shirts. Yes. Oh, I mean, talk about decadent. Washing your shirts in perfume, it's decadent. It is. It's so, I mean, that's next level. Okay. I could get on board with that. And I'm definitely going to look into the the wool dryer ball, balls with the essential oils because that, I mean, that just sounds refreshing and not like this cloying, overwhelming scent. Yeah. It's, it's as strong or as subtle as you want. I mean, if you want it stronger, you just put more oil on. And usually I use like five drops and my sheets have, I mean, they have a peppermint kick to them. But depending, you know, if you wanted to use lavender or something, maybe you'd use a little more. And, you know, if you wanted, you could change by the seasons. You could use like cedar in the winter on your flannel sheets. You know, like cedar and lavender would be heaven to sleep on. But then, you know, you could use, you know, lemongrass on your workout wear to give you that little oomph. You know, like chamomile on your children's clothes. I mean, you could, you know, you could sort of play with it. I love it. I like the idea of like customizing the scent of your laundry for uh, the person and for the activity. So clearly you have so many tips and tricks up your sleeve. I thought we would go really back to basics and ask you, how do you keep your whites white and your darks dark? Well, 
is twofold. To keep the color in both of them, I use the express cycle because abrasion is the number one most deadly thing. The express cycle, because we want to minimize the abrasion as much as possible. And we want to use warm water with that because... It activates our detergent. Everything comes clean. So the color is true. You know, it isn't dingy because your white isn't dingy because, you know, the water didn't rinse out. And to keep your whites white, everybody thinks bleach. Well, here's a fact that no one ever realizes. Natural white is kind of an ecru color. Like if you think of a white sheep or you think of white cotton, it's kind of a warm white. And to get that gorgeous, bright white, that's called optic white. And it's a dye. So when you use bleach, you actually bleach that out and take that color away. So if you want to keep your whites, that gorgeous optic white, use oxygen bleach. Because oxygen bleach will remove the proteins, it'll remove the dirt, it'll remove the oil, but it won't lift the color. And it'll keep that intense white. If you have that pair of black blue jeans and you want the, or black jeans and you want them to stay super black, before you ever wear them, soak them in a basin of hot water overnight with a fourth a cup of salt and the color will stay forever. Hot water. Wow. I had no idea. And I, I had never thought about that, about whites, but that makes sense because sometimes when you use bleach, it will yellow your whites, but it really is just removing the white dye. Right. It's going back to its original color. And you are much too young to know this. I use blue shampoo on my hair to keep it white, you know, to keep the gray white. And that is the same thing. I mean, it's that blue dye. Well, you're sweet to call me young. I have another question for you. This actually came up from a few people when I, I re said I was interviewing you. Should we actually be following the care instructions on the tags of our clothes? How important is that? I'm so glad you asked this. I have the greatest tip in the whole world for this. So when you have something that you love or you want to buy something at the store and the tag says like hand wash cold, dry flat, dry clean only, whatever, what you do is you take it in the kitchen and you lay it out on the counter and you like smooth it out and get it really nice and smooth and, you know, pretty. Reach into the junk drawer, pull out the scissors and then just cut that tag out. And then it doesn't <laughs> say that anymore. And then you can take care of it just by washing it. So really, it matters more what the material is than what the material is. And you know what to do. I mean, the thing is, it's like anything else. You know what to do. You just have to, you know, believe. I guess the laundry evangelist <laughs> says, but you just have to believe. This is like laundry myth busting. So that's one that's one myth you have debunked. What are what are some other common laundry misconceptions? Cold water. People like to use cold water to wash their clothes. They think that's better. It isn't because it doesn't actually activate the detergent or the soap that you use. And if you wash in cold, you can even test this out because you can throw something you've washed back in the washer on warm and it will suds because the detergent is still in there. And that's really hard on the fabric. Another myth is like these really long cycles. Your clothes are going to be just as clean in 30 minutes as they are in two hours. So there's no reason to use that super long cycle. It's bad for your clothes. It's bad for the environment. And it just takes a long time. You know, I love laundry, but I don't want it to take three days. That's another big myth. And I think the third one is just that certain things are off limits because they're hard to care for. You know, I tell people like I never get to wear my tuxedo, you know, especially in the past year. Right. So I recently was going to a friend's house and we were going to sit outside and, you know, it's finally time to like go over there. And I put my tuxedo jacket on over a T-shirt. 
Because when you know how to care for your clothes, you know, nothing's off limits. Oh, I love that. I feel like that that could be your motto. And finally, you know, with Earth Day coming up on April 22nd, laundry obviously utilizes a ton of resources. What are some ways we can be more planet conscious while doing our laundry? I mean, the express cycle, I think, is a great tip. The express cycle is a great tip. Another tip is you don't have to wash something just because you had it on. You know, I mean, this shirt, I'm sitting here talking to you. What am I doing to get this shirt dirty? You know, I can easily take this shirt home, take it off, hang it up and wear it again. If I, you know, stop at a restaurant on the way home, I can just give it a little vodka spritz. You know, a lot of times we wash things because they're wrinkled. They're not dirty. Just give them a steam out. That's one that actually does. That's twofold. There's two advantages to that. It makes your clothes last longer because we use a ton of water to like manufacture a pair of blue jeans, for example. And the truth is I wear my jeans about 10 times before I wash them. They're just not that dirty. So one thing is wash your clothes less because it's it helps because it's better for the laundry and it also makes your clothes last longer. Another thing is don't use ingredients that you can't pronounce. When I look at soap or when I look at detergent, if I can't pronounce the ingredients, I don't use it because I don't put anything on my clothes or on my body that I wouldn't put in my body. So I only use ingredients that are food safe. Another part of that is when you start taking care of your clothes, you need to buy less, you know, because your clothes last longer, you enjoy them, so you don't need as many. Those are big things. Lesser things are, you know, hang on the clothesline. We've already talked about how great that is. And I guess my last one would be, you know, even just all of these processes will make everything safer and greener. But I think when you just kind of adapt, when you put it in your mind, I'm going to be a little more earth friendly. You just start using those processes and you start going to cotton and linen and silk and less man-made fibers. Yes, I agree completely. I'm tall, so I I almost never dry any of my clothes because I just don't want to risk that they shrink. And they really do. They last, they hold up so much longer. All of that lint in your dryer is coming from your clothing. Right. I always say it's just your clothes dying. It's so true. Oh my goodness. Patrick, you're you're clearly such a fountain of knowledge, but we cannot let you leave today without taking on one of our favorite segments, Defend the Trend. Okay, Patrick, I am dying to know your opinion about a super popular viral laundry trend that has been circulating for a while. Now that I've talked to you for a little bit, I have a feeling where you land on this. Of course, we're talking about laundry stripping. It's all over TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Everyone is, you know, soaking their their clothing super high heat, soaking it for days in a blend of borax, baking soda, and detergent. And it seems like a lot of stuff, of gunk is coming off of the clothing. So is this actually effective or is it just kind of like grossly entertaining? And is it good for your clothes? The borax and the baking soda, they're a little hard on your clothes, but they're not bad. But basically what you are doing when you laundry strip is you are stripping out all the garbage you put on there. So you have built up detergent and fabric softener and dryer sheets and all those things on your clothes. And when you laundry strip, you're just taking all of that stuff back off. So my take on laundry stripping is if you don't use all that stuff, then you don't have to take it back off. I actually tried it. Um, When I first saw it on TikTok, I wanted to try it just to see. Because I also kind of wondered if it was just if it was fake, if it was real or if it was fake. I threw some of my towels in the bathtub and added borax and baking soda, both both ingredients I have in my house. 
because they're both natural and, you know, some soap and nothing happened. Well, nothing happened because I didn't have anything in there. So if I had a child, I would probably if I had or if I had anyone in my house who had sensitivities, I would strip their clothes to get all that stuff off. But then I would just never put it back. So does it work? Yes. But most people who do it then turn around and use the exact same products again. So then, you know, it's kind of a self-fulfilling thing. I mean, you have to keep doing it because, you know, it's kind of like if you didn't take your makeup off for a week and then you did this thing and all your makeup came off at once. Well, yeah, because you kept putting makeup on. It's like, you know, you'd look like baby Jane by the end of the week. And then, you know, you'd take it all off, right? But, you know, if you use things that are clean and you keep things going, then you'd never have to do it. I love that. That makes me feel better because I did try sh- stripping um, my towels and and nothing happened. But now I'm learning it's because I I use a gentle detergent. I don't use dryer sheets or fabric softener or anything like that. So... They were already clean. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Before we let you go, can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and where we can watch your show, The Laundry Guy? I can tell you that you can watch my show, The Laundry Guy on Discovery Plus, and the episodes come out on Wednesdays. And it's, you know, great if you haven't watched it. Why? What are you waiting for? And you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook as The Laundry Evangelist, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Laundry Patrick, and it's Laundry, P-A-T-R-I-C. So it's Laundry Patrick, but with no K. Patrick, no K. Well, I hope you come back sometime. I have a feeling, I mean, the laundry never stops if I've learned anything. So I have a feeling we will have even more to talk about. I'm always willing to talk about laundry. Thanks so much, Patrick. So I talked a little bit about how we tested laundry stripping on HGTV Handmade. And some people did have results where it seemed like something was happening. But then all the commenters like came for us and said we were just stripping the dye out of clothes. So after talking to Patrick about it and like hearing his thoughts, I do think it's a good idea maybe for white sheets and towels. Or like you said, if you have someone who's maybe having a sensitivity to some laundry detergent to get all the bad stuff out. It is satisfying to see kind of all that nastiness come out of your things. And I know our next guest will agree. Next up, I have a chat with the host of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast, Lisa Bass, on all things cleaning from bathrooms to cast iron skillets and her favorite non-toxic products. Here's my conversation with Lisa Bass. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on HGTV Obsessed. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, I'm such a big fan of yours. I'm such a fan of your podcast as well as your blog. But for those who may be new to you, can you just tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do? Yeah, I started my podcast a little bit over a year ago as an extension of my blog and my YouTube channel, where I share my tagline is food from scratch, natural living in a handmade home. So I tried to figure out how I could bring that into the audio space, which I kicked around the idea for a really long time, because it seems like how can I do something that I usually share so visually through audio, but it actually works surprisingly well. And people like it because they can just put their phone in their pocket with their headphones and work on, you know, laundry or dishes or whatever. So I try to share like homestead stuff and what I'm cooking and things like that. 
Yes. And you've got such a beautiful home. It's such like a gorgeous farmhouse. So as you know, this is our cleaning episode. And I have to ask, I know you have six kids. I just have two. So I can't imagine tripling the mess that they make. So so how do you keep the house clean um, with so many kids running around? So I have several secrets. One is that it's probably not as clean as your house just in general. (laughs) This was something that it happens over the years. Like when I had two kids, I was so particular and tidy. And, you know, every day I made the bed and I had the pillows on the couch and just everything was perfect. And that's definitely not the case anymore. It's slowly over the years, just been something I've had to accept and be okay with. And then also I have older kids too. So my three oldest are 12, 10 and eight. So they can help. But, and then I've also been really into decluttering at least the past five years, I'd say. And that just helps so much because when you have to, in your kids' rooms, for example, especially the younger ones who aren't so good at keeping them tidy themselves, you have to clean up all around it just to clean it. So to sweep the floor, you have to get all the clutter up and it just makes it so much more difficult. Whereas whenever you have less things, at least for the younger kids, I am very like constantly going through with the trash bag. Then you can just run in there and sweep really quick. And it's not a huge ordeal. Yes. Unless like my seven-year-old, they are obsessed with Legos. We got that too. Yeah, I know. That's the worst. It's true. That is like the one thing we have, which means it's like the hundred things we have. But at least it's one category, so you can just clean it up pretty easily. That's true. It can just all go into a bin. Yeah. Yeah. Because all my little boys are, or all my little kids are boys. I had two girls and then four boys. So yeah, there's lots of Legos. So many. But you know, you got to love it. It's at least creative. And one toy can be so many different things. I know we personally have, like he has built the entire cast of the movie cars out of Legos. And they're all over my dining room table right now. That's awesome though. So this is your seven-year-old? Yes. Yeah. I have a seven-year-old boy and then an 11-year-old girl. Okay. Yeah. I really hear you, especially on like older kids being able to help out. Um, My daughter can do her own laundry now. Right. Yeah. 11-year-old girl. That's really... Oof, that's that's helpful. <laughs> yes, she really is. She's so great. Like it's when they're finally actually helpful and not just like my eight-year-old boy. It's still like I need to at least make you think you're helping, but not even actually. if you have to have to go behind them and redo yeah, it. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Lisa, you have so many helpful cleaning tips on your blog. Um And I'd love to talk a little bit about bathrooms. I know you have a recipe for a non-toxic bath scrub that you recommend to your readers. You know, can you tell us a little bit more about how it works, um, how you make it? And, you know, just real talk, like, does it really get the grit out? Yes. So it has, I need to revisit that recipe. But the thing that I like the most in any homemade cleaning product is lemon essential oil, because it gets any white if it sits on it. If it ha- if there's any grime or grease, it cuts in like almost like an unnatural product would do so that you can just wipe it away. And then the baking soda allows like a little bit of a gritty, you can really get in there, especially if you're using a um, those microfiber. And yeah, so it works really well. If you have something that's really stuck on, it's helpful to leave it sit there for a minute and then come and wipe it away with some hot water. 
Oh, that's so great. And I'm sure the lemon essential oil smells amazing too, which is like a nice added benefit. Yes, definitely. It, it does. I use the lemon essential oil even just straight on my kitchen sink. It's white. It's a big white farmhouse sink and it gets really dirty. So I just will put it on there, spread it all out with like a cloth, just straight, let it sit and then come wipe it all away. And it looks amazing. Yes. We have one of those big white farmhouse sinks as well. And I was actually surprised um, how often it really does have to be cleaned up. Um, (laughs) I think in my head, I thought it would be easier to maintain than stainless, but I mean, it's white. It shows. Yeah. Ours is also an antique, so it doesn't get completely white no matter what you do, which maybe sort of helps the imperfections like not stand out as much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, also, I think there's something to be said for just letting go a little bit, like accepting the reality of your life and, you know, not, not being so hard on yourself and expecting perfection. Right. Oh yeah. Definitely something I've been much better about the last couple of years. (laughs) Well, I would say you have to. So we talked a little bit about laundry and, you know, you make your own homemade laundry soap, which I think is such a clever idea. Um, I have a laundry room and I am so type A that it really bugs me. I find the big plastic jug of laundry mm-hmm. soap to be so unattractive. And I love the idea of like a beautiful canister of laundry soap. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Is it hard? Is it expensive? Is it a, a cost saving thing? And, and how well does it work? Because again, six kids, like you're dealing with some stains. The homemade detergent is not hard to make and it actually is really cheap. So if your budget's your biggest concern, it's the cheapest way to go. It's way cheaper than a off-brand free and clear detergent. But then I also like OxyClean too. Like that, if nothing else works, OxyClean always does. (laughs) It really is. It's like a miracle, right? It it really is. We're not sponsored, but you know, call know. me OxyClean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the ugliest bottle too. If you're worried about that, it's not great. It's blue and yellow, but it just works so well. It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. All right. I would love to move into the kitchen. Um, I saw that on your blog, you have um, some tips for seasoning a cast iron skillet. So I'm, I'm based in the South and, you know, cast iron skillets are practically a religion here, (laughs) but I find that people do, they get very scared of them. Like they're very scared of how to clean them. They're always worried they're going to ruin them. So can you give a few tips about how to clean cast iron and tell us a little bit more about seasoning them? Definitely. Yeah. I find the same. I get people all the time who just cannot get the hang of cast iron. They don't believe me that it's amazing. It's a religion for me too. (laughs) Like, I don't know how people cook with these like plastic spatulas and just little nonstick. I'm like, no, you need the nice, heavy stainless steel spatula plus the cast iron. You just, I don't even know how you can sear something or I don't know. It just, it toasts things so nicely. It makes everything better, but you first need to get a good seasoning on it, which just involves oil and heat. You want to wipe the oil off as well as you possibly can. You don't want any dripping oil. Some people even put it upside down in the oven and then just put it on the, in the oven for a couple hours. Some people say high temp, some say lower temp. 
honestly, I just use coconut oil and I haven't re-seasoned any of my skillets again. I only season them in the beginning and with constant use and proper care, they don't, they don't need to be re-seasoned. I always say there's two things in the kitchen that get better with age, sourdough and cast iron. I, I do. I'm with you. Cast iron is just, it is truly a kitchen staple. And once you master it, which really, like you said, is not as complicated as, as it seems, you can use it for everything from like cobblers to fried chicken. I mean, it's, it's a workhorse. Yeah. Everything. I use it for chicken pot pie, you know, things that go in the oven, things that cook on top of the stove. The key is never to put it away wet ever. Um, I don't put mine away at all. I feel like if it's on top of the stove and you use it constantly, that's where it gets better and it won't rust. I like that tip to just leave it on the stove too, because they're also, they're really beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Lisa, is there anything before we let you go that you would recommend to our listeners if they were wanting to put together kind of a minimalist, you know, natural cleaning kit, you know, what are just a few products that you would recommend people grab just to have on hand if they want to try, you know, to clean with some, um, some less toxic cleaning options? Yeah. Um, lemon essential oil, obviously vinegar is a good one. We'll use that on our wood floors, a little bit of vinegar and some water and a steam cleaner. Uh, baking soda is a staple salt actually works really well to get gritty. So I actually recently made one for my, um, to, to get my cutting board sanitized. I used salt in it to scrub. I used a few different essential oils like tea tree oil and lemon, and then rubbed it in, allowed it to sit. And then I washed it away. So salt's a good one for that gritty factor. Well, I think another one that I saw come up regularly that is one of my favorite products is um, Castile soap, like a doctor. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, I use that all the time too. I use it for dishes. I add a little bit of lemon essential oil and water into a foaming hand dispenser. Yeah, and that's what I use for all my dishes because we don't have a dishwasher. We just hand wash them all. And that- I just want to point, I just want to like, point out that you have six kids and no dishwasher. You are a saint. <laughs> I know. I actually find it easier. I would not do it. I'm not doing it to like be a martyr. It's just that it's after you eat, I find that if you don't have the dishwasher full, then you always need the thing. So we just do like a rinse and repeat because we make three meals here a day and we just use them over and over again. So I'm not trying to be cool with my no dishwasher, but it, uh, yeah, that, Castile, Castile soap works so well with a little bit of lemon to do that. Yes. I, um, especially once we were in the past year, we were home so much and obviously washing our hands more than ever. And my kids love foaming soap, but they will just make like a mountain of foaming soap mm-hmm. in their hands. And yeah. we were going through it so much. And so I started making it ourselves and we had, um, grapefruit essential oil. Oh, yeah. Any citrus. I feel like yes. orange or grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah. I love the smell of citrus. And now that's exclusively what we use. And it's so easy. The kids, um, my daughter even knows how to make it herself. Like she knows the ratios. So we will put, um, we'll put some info about making your own DIY foaming hand soap in the show notes. Um, well, Lisa, I just so appreciate you taking the time from your 
very busy day um, to chat with us for our cleaning episode. And I would really love to have you back. You've got, again, like so much great information and tips on your podcast and on your blog. Can you just tell everyone again um, where they can find you to follow um, more of your work? Yes. So on the podcast, so here on the podcast, you can search Simple Farmhouse Life. That's my podcast. And then I'm on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as Farmhouse on Boone. And then my blog is farmhouseonboone.com. So Farmhouse on Boone Everywhere is where you can mostly find me. I show up the most regularly on YouTube with videos. So twice a week. Fantastic. Well, we will put all of that info in the show notes. I so appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, I literally, I think I wrote down every product she mentioned. I basically want to Marie Kondo my cleaning closet, really strip it back and have only like one cute little caddy of cleaning products. But then I talked to HGTV.com commerce editor Kayla Kitts about all of the cleaning products and tools that are most popular with HGTV fans. And now my Amazon cart is it's full. Let's find out what HGTV fans are obsessed with when it comes to their cleaning. Here's my chat with Kayla. Kayla, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Everybody, we have a special HGTV to the rescue today. We are changing it up a little bit in honor of our very first ever cleaning episode. Um, I'm so excited to have my colleague and friend Kayla Kitts on today to talk about our audience's favorite cleaning products and tools. Kayla is the managing editor of our commerce team. And every time I talk to her team, I swear, I walk away with a list of must buys. So Kayla, what are some of the cleaning products that HGTV fans are snapping up? So obviously last year was a little bit different and everyone became super focused, not just on personal hygiene, but on keeping their homes clean and their personal items like cell phones and AirPods and everything. So we really first saw products that keep your floor clean, like robot vacuums, handheld vacuums for your car, Um, spray mops were super popular. And then we saw products that make cleaning even easier and more efficient for people that were juggling a lot last year with, you know, remote learning and working from home. So one of our absolute favorite editor products is the machine washable ruggable rug. So I actually have three of them in my house, one in every high traffic area. And it makes such a huge difference to toss your rug in the washer and know that it's clean And it's just this uh, super easy way to kind of do a quick clean when you need to. Um, And then we saw really interesting cleaning gadgets like oscillating toothbrush style scrub brushes to get into the crevices of your bathroom fixtures and pet hair furniture brushes. So people were really concerned about getting every nook and cranny clean and how can they get those places clean without getting on their hands and knees. Um, So those are a few of the big house cleaning items that we saw 
becoming really popular. Yeah, I think the combination of, you know, a pandemic plus literally being in your home 24-7 really made you investigate all of those little corners that you might otherwise ignore. Yeah, and also just pet hair centric cleaning products like the Bissell pet hair eraser was a huge hit for our uh, readers. I love mine, but it is able to, you can use it on the upholstery, but you can also keep it like I do by my cat's litter box to get up all this stray litter that ends up around the house. So I don't, I mean, we were all spending quality time with our pets. So it was, um, very pet centric cleaning products were big. Yeah, that makes I mean, that makes total sense. And I have to say, I never thought I would be someone who would want and who would put on my wish list, a vacuum for my car. But I have become that person now. Right? Yeah, especially when you're in it less than normal, maybe it's like, okay, I at least need it to be moderately clean. Yes. And we we took a road trip for spring break, you know, in the past, we would have flown, but we drove down to um, to a, one of my family's homes. And suddenly we are, we're spending so much more time in the car when we are in it. It's usually for a few hours. Right. A couple of other things that we saw were devices that keep your tech clean. I think we're all aware of how disgusting our cell phones are. And especially when we take them with us to places they shouldn't go like the bathroom. And so UV sanitizing devices like the phone soap became really big. Um, It's basically if you don't know what it is, it's basically one of these devices that you put your phone in and it removes all the super like gross stuff from it, like 99.99% of bacteria. And then it charges it at the same time. And it's a safe way to get everything clean. Um, So that was another really big thing that we saw, which is, you know, not not shocking at all. Yeah, I can only imagine how filthy my phone is. Now I'm itching, itching to go clean it. Right. (laughs) Kayla, this is so fun. Do you have any other, you know, things that we should add to our wish list? While most of us still gravitated towards the heavy-duty disinfectant wipes and sprays last year, we really did see a surge in people wanting to know what eco-friendly and natural cleaning products are the best that would still um, get the job done without, you know, feeling like you're not exactly getting things clean, but keeping your uh, family and pets safe. So a lot of those came with um, cleaning subscriptions like Grove Collaborative was really popular and Clean Cult. And people shopped a lot of vinegar. Like people really wanted to load up on vinegar to make their own natural cleaning solutions at home with essential oils. So we saw a big surge in that stuff too. Yeah, I think um, this is officially vinegar has been brought up in every segment of this episode. (laughs) Yep. It Good. Is, it's the, I love it. It's the cleaning MVP. And and it is true, even though in some ways, I think people were like, no, I want the hard stuff. Like, I want to know that I am destroying every germ in my house. And now I have a shopping list a mile long. Um, if you missed something that Kayla suggested, have no fear. We're going to put all of these products in the show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast. Kayla, I hope you'll come back and talk to us again, you know, maybe next Anytime. maybe next payday. And so we can just like spend more money because you always have the best tips. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Bye. I've seen 
those machine washable rugs everywhere. And I am officially intrigued. I mean, I've got two kids. I've got two dogs. It is spring. There's mud being tracked into this house on the daily. I want to know, Brad, though, you've got you've got like what, at least 17 children? 18, um, I think. 18, 18 kids? I think it's the count now. Uh, do you and your wife like divide and conquer when it comes to the household cleaning? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want her to 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 not feel like everything's on her. But I will tell you, I am not allowed to touch the laundry. Yeah, my husband's not allowed to wash my laundry either. He would. I would. I would. I'd be more than happy to. But she won't allow me to put it in the washing machine. I can't touch it. I can't fold it. So I just do other stuff. You know, mostly I just give the 18 kids baths. That's pretty much all I did. So many baths. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we should let it be known for the record. You have three children. I have three kids. <laughs> it sometimes feels like 18. It does. My husband actually does the lion's share of the household cleaning, I will say. And now, I mean, my kids are getting older. They help out kind of. I'm more of like the meal planner I do a lot of the organizing. I make sure the kids have clothes that fit them and are in season. So no one's like, you know, coming out in pants that are like halfway up their legs when it's November, that kind of stuff. Super mom. <laughs> well, I'm doing my best. You know, I, it, it really cuts into my stained glass making. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's So Fresh and So Clean episode with all of our incredible guests. I was taking notes and I'm tackling all of my spring cleaning this weekend or at least making a list for my husband. I'll probably be out in the garden. Don't forget to check out our show notes at hgtv.com slash podcast to learn more about all of our guests today and the products mentioned. And as usual, if you love today's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. I read every single review and I copy them down in my gratitude journal. Don't forget to follow HGTV Obsessed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I will see you guys next Thursday for our episode all about spring gardening. Bye.